Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. I recall a chorus that we used to sing in our youth group many, many years ago, uh, and it goes something like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. And it goes on to repeat that, and it says, down in my heart to stay. And then the next verse says, I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. It's down in my heart to stay. Well, that course reflects a biblical truth. And that biblical truth is this. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is tied to circumstances. Sometimes they're good and we're happy. Sometimes they're bad and we're not happy. But on the other hand, True, authentic joy is deeply embedded in our soul and it is there to stay because it is tied not to outward circumstances, but it is tied to an inner relationship and that relationship is with the Lord Jesus Christ and it produces a peace, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that is amazing. And that is a peace that, no matter what the circumstances is, that peace is resting in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are studying the book of Philippians. And the theme for our study of the book of Philippians is authentic joy. And we begin today with verse 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11 on this podcast. Verse 1 says, Paul and Timothy bondservants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Paul generally opened all of his letters in a similar fashion. There is one difference here, and I'll point it out in just a moment, maybe two differences. Uh, First of all, he adds another name, not only himself, Paul, but Timothy. Now, Timothy is not the co-author of this book, but rather he was a co-laborer with Paul in, uh, in, in Philippi. And so he possibly could have been the scribe, the person that is writing the words that Paul gives him. But uh, he, in any case, was a protege of Paul, a a disciple of Paul, and now a co-laborer of Paul, a trusted co-laborer in the ministry. Paul identifies them as bondservants of Jesus Christ. That's an interesting word there, bondservant. It is the Greek word doulos, and it is um, in this usage, and Paul probably had the Hebrew usage in mind, it is in this usage a voluntary, a voluntary servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it could go back uh, in the scripture to uh, the book of Exodus where uh, someone who owed someone else, a Hebrew who owed a fellow Hebrew uh, money, and couldn't pay, would indenture himself to to that person to pay off his debt. And when year seven came, uh, he had to be released. He had to be let go. But if he chose to stay, if he chose to stay because of love for his master, it was voluntary service. And he would uh, put his ear against a door, and the master would pierce that ear through with an awl, 
giving an outward symbol that this person has voluntarily given himself in service to his master because of his love and, and devotion to the master. And so that is the picture here. Paul and Timothy are bondservants, voluntary bondservants of Jesus Christ. And, he, and then Paul addresses the uh, recipients of this letter as the saints in, in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. That word saint literally means holy ones. And we're, we are all saints, those of us who are uh, followers of Jesus Christ, those of us who have had a true conversion. We are saints. We are holy ones. We have been made holy by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not holy because we act holy. We're not holy because we have somehow made ourselves holy. We're not saints because someone... Uh, humanly speaking, has declared us uh, to be a saint through any kind of a ceremony. But we are holy ones. We are saints in Christ Jesus. And those at Philippi. Now, here is the second difference in this greeting. He says, including the overseers and deacons. This is the only letter where Paul mentions them. And this is a later letter. And it reflects probably some development that's happening in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, not just led directly by the original apostles, but now raising up uh, godly men who meet the qualifications that are listed in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 7 for overseers, for, for bishops, for pastors. And all of those words are used interchangeably for the same man. Uh, it is the person that is the shepherd, the pastor, the leader uh, of the church. And then the deacons uh, comes from a word that just simply means those who serve. And uh, the deacons were those uh, godly men recognized as men that had given themselves to serve under the leadership of the elders at the direction of the elders. You can find more information on them in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 to 13. So Paul is addressing those people, and he gives them a greeting in verse 2. He says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this was a common greeting that Paul used. In, 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 in his letters. Uh, grace. Grace is that, that key element of, of Paul's theology. Uh, and the, and it, it is that undeserved, unearned favor of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what we all live in by. But we, it's, it's how we are saved and it's how we continue to be saved and it's how we grow through grace and peace. That is that peace uh, with God, and that is the peace of God that we have uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, what a great greeting, grace and peace. Maybe we should begin greeting each other that way when we see fellow believers, grace and peace, reminding each other that we have peace with God by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3 says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Verse 4, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. So here in verses 3 and 4, Paul is saying, I, you're on my mind a lot, Philippian church. I may be a long ways away from you now, but I always have you in mind, and I'm always offering prayer or petition on your behalf to Almighty God for you, and I'm doing it with joy. There is the first mention of joy, first of, of 14 mentions of this word, joy, and rejoice in this book. And he says, I am offering joyful prayer on your behalf. 
And in, in verse 5 says, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. That word participation means sharing in. They shared in the gospel. And we know what the gospel is. It is the good news that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day so that through his uh, sacrifice there, our sins can be forgiven. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day, when I first met you there along the riverbank until this very day. And they participate in the gospel because they've been saved. And they participated in the gospel because they were also proclaiming the gospel. It was a common sharing in the gospel that they all had and that we have. And then verse 6 is an amazing verse. It says, For I am confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it into the day of Christ Jesus. That is is a mention of God's sovereign, perfecting work in the lives of believers. He started a good work when He called us and drew us to Himself, when He forgave us, when He made us a part of His forever family. But not only did He start that work, but He is continuing that work. I am saved by God. I am kept saved by God. And I will be saved by God until the day of Jesus Christ. And that is that final final day when I meet the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm ultimately glorified in the body. Verse 7 says, For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. He says, you know, you are, you are in my heart always and you have shared with me. You have been partakers of grace with me. You have shared with me in my imprisonment. And and in in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they these uh, believers at Philippi shared practically by sending money, and by sending a, a fellow believer out of that church at Philippi. His name is Epaphroditus, who went to minister to Paul. It was a very practical thing. You know, it takes a team. It takes a team. It is teamwork in this business of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what the Philippian believers were doing. But look at what Paul says in verse 8. For God is my witness how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. That word affection means inner parts. It was gut-level concern and connection that he had there with those believers. And that's what God wants. Verse 9 says, And more and more. Uh, this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. Paul said, I want you, I am specifically praying that your agape love will continue to overabound in knowledge. That is a very strong term there. Epigenosis, in real, uh, honest to goodness, sincere knowledge and discernment. Discernment, the ability to discern. He says, I want you to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ and His Word, and I want you through that to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. Verse 10, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. There's that day of Christ again, to the very day that we meet Jesus and we're glorified. He wants us to be sincere. That is an interesting word that that uh, that means that that we have no uh, uh, duplicity. There's no duplicity, but we're authentic. That we're real. 
and and blameless until the day of Christ. He wants us to have a knowledge and a discernment that will keep us real and authentic and blameless until we meet Jesus. Verse 11 finally says, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That fruit is the fruit that God uh, that God's righteousness produces in us. He wants us ultimately to be filled with that fruit, that righteous fruit, um, and and it's all for the glory and praise of Almighty God. And so Paul's joyful prayer is very specific here, a prayer of joy that says, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to be discerning. I want you to be filled with the fruit of righteousness, Philippian believers, so that you can bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's the first 11 verses of Philippians. I encourage you to continue reading through this passage and let God speak to you. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.